to Gifts of the Weird. Welcome to the episode. My name is Jan Tiered. I am your host, and I am really glad to have you join me today. With the coming of Spring and Ostara, I uh, wanted to take a time to uh, look at this book that I got. It's really, really cool. It's by Garden Stone, and I picked it up while I was in Germany last year, and I got to meet Garden Stone and talk with him a little bit and tour the Frau Holleteich, and I really had a great time with him, and I was really excited to uh, pick up a few of his books while I was there and cart them around the rest of Germany and the Netherlands, and uh, yeah, so... Uh, leave it to me to pick up five or six books and have to uh, carry them around in my suitcase for the rest of the trip. But that was okay. It was well worth it, especially because I got to meet uh, Gardenstone and his wife, Hannah Lore. So what I wanted to do was I picked up this book uh, sometime in late February and thought, I better read this. And I uh, got a chance to start reading it, and I thought I could uh, talk about the book. So... Let's get into it. Let's get into this book. With the spring equinox coming up, there are many religions that have special ways to honor the gods and goddesses of their paths. In heathenry and most general practices, the equinox is devoted, the spring equinox is devoted to a goddess named Ostara or Eostre. And I've seen the Eostre listed a lot and as well as Ostara in a lot of different references. The thing is, is there's really no historical evidence for any practices for the goddess. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, the name is derived from language roots and different types of possibilities of practices or things like that, resources. And that's what the book kind of gets into. And that's what we'll, we'll talk a little bit about uh, in this podcast. Uh, it was claimed that she was worshipped and honored in the Germanic lands. There are traditions of uh, hares or rabbits, eggs, associated festivals, fire festivals, things like that. And they have widely been attributed to either her or to the season that's chosen to celebrate her. But were these traditions really held in her honor? Was she indeed a goddess venerated across the continent and carried overseas to other lands? The truth is, we don't know for certain if there actually was a goddess of Northern Europe named Ostera and worshipped as a goddess of the coming spring. In his book, Eostre, Ostara, Eostar, Facts, Assumptions, Conjectures, Speculations, Guesses, and Nonsense, Gardenstone provides a wealth of texts and information that have been used to support the arguments in favor of Eostre, the goddess. He does refrain from drawing a conclusion about the topic. He neither affirms nor denies the veracity of the claims made by the supporters uh, from the 16th century to modern writings. I found that very interesting. In fact, Gardenstone sets the expectations for the book in the preface to the work. And here I'm quoting, In this book, the author does not declare himself against or in favor of the goddess Ostara, Eostre or Eostar, he writes. Only the results of historical, mythological, folkloric, literary, and linguistic research concerning Eostre, Ostara, Eostar, written that way or some other spelling, are presented here, end quote. I really thought that that was an interesting way to take an approach to the book, is that he just wants to present some findings and not try to draw any conclusions or anything like that. And that was a really, for me, a fresh look at the book, uh, or look at the topic, and I really appreciated that that's the way that he brought the book about. He begins with the 
uh, most notable and earliest attestations of Ostara as a goddess by the 8th century English month, the Venerable Bede. Bede drew a conclusion that the English month, Eostermonat, approximately April, was so named in honor of a goddess previously worshipped. Bede has since been the consistent source of the Ostara is goddess theory throughout the centuries. Bede was cited in the 19th century uh, by Jacob Grimm as the source for his writing about the goddess on the continent in his book Deutsche Mythologie. Modern writings about the Sabbath, which was reconstructed as part of the Wiccan Wheel of the Year by founder Gerald Gardner, used Grimm and Beat as the primary resources to support the theory. Gardenstone, however, draws no such conclusions with his work. He has diligently located many resources from pamphlets, papers, books, and texts. He has varying references that names or roots that were used for the goddess. He has systematically arranged the data in a coherent manner that flows in a logical order in three sections, these being standard sources and etymology, Ostara on the continent, and common traditions and folklore. Within each section, he provides the conclusions drawn at the time of the writing and which source may have influenced uh, the authors at that time. So much has been written since the 17th century about the topic using the academic strengths of the times, and a lot of emphasis to fill the gaps of actual resources was placed on conclusions basically drawn from place names and comparisons to other cultural practices. This kind of leads some, some uh, verification that there was a goddess that Ashi brought across or migrated to other countries and lands, that the name just kind of changed or adapted to the people. So that was just some of those things that, they, that he brought up there. Garnstone makes a keen observation uh, by pointing that although we do not have extant, extant sources today, doesn't necessarily mean that Bede and others did not have the resources to draw their conclusions upon, and that then they were subsequently lost. A fire may have destroyed Bede's original documents, and so all we have now are what he wrote. So um, that's an interesting it's an interesting observation to make that, um, hey, just because we don't have the text doesn't mean that they didn't exist at one time. He does conclude the book by uh, restating that although we do not have the actual evidence of worship of Ostara, or Eostre as a goddess, in the pre-Christian times, that a heathen acceptance of Ostara, depending solely upon the historic evidence or scientific results, is actually unnecessary. Since Basically, since no god or goddess is actually provable in these ways, we must rely on one thing, which is our faith in them. Basically is how he concludes the book. He did not make a conclusion one way or the other. He's just saying this is the evidence. This is or this is just the the documents that we have and this is what we have or or what they they had or what they wrote based on what they had at the time. Here's just some facts. Gardenstone is a is of Dutch origin. He now lives in Germany. His research is about historic Germanic peoples, and that's really a passion for him, and it's yielded a lot of books uh, on heathen topics. This book itself is 100 pages, and it is translated from its original text in German uh, into English, and although some might notice some minor differences in structure, punctuation, I found that the book was very easy to read and to follow. And uh, these uh, small uh, punctuation things will not impede or detract from the usefulness of the book. Many of his works on German, Germanic deities and topics are available in Dutch as well as English, and they are translated from German. So the English texts 
are available in the U.S. via Amazon through a print-on-demand service. And you can also order these from his personal website in Germany. And I'll have his website in the notes. Uh, or you can order from Amazon. I recommend, however, to order the books directly from Gardenstone's website, which is www.boudica.de. I did some comparisons, and looking on Amazon and comparing to the price of the books in euros on his website, and with shipping, the exchange rate and with shipping, I found that the price of ordering them directly from Gardenstone is maybe a couple of dollars more than if I ordered it from Amazon. And the added bonus is books ordered directly are signed by Gardenstone himself. And an added bonus to that added bonus is that some of the books have color plates, such as in Gods of the Germanic Peoples, Volume 1 and 2. And these color plates are not available on the Amazon print-on-demand services. So, what did I think about the book? Well, I found I like the book a lot. One of the things that I really liked about it, I mentioned earlier, was that it just, just the facts. It just basically presented, hey, here's uh, the, the, the sources, here's the pamphlets, here's some things that were mentioned about uh, the goddess and the goddesses, and these are, their, these are the, the conclusions they drew. And it was really kind of cool. It kind of almost gave me like a little bit of a reset. And it's gonna, I'm gonna move forward with a little bit of a different mindset as I reevaluate my relationship. Not that I'm not going to have a relationship. I just want to learn some more. I want to do a little bit more meditation. I want to find a little bit more about why I think the way I think. I just kind of accepted that Ostara or Yostre was the goddess and kind of just went with that. Uh, I came from a lot of, there's a lot of gnosis and a lot of people who believe that and that's fine. So I wanted to um, say, hey, what do I think about that now? Uh, what's going on? And how can I um, do some meditation and some ritual and get to know this goddess and find out a little bit more personal about her? So my questions to some of you folks are, what do you think about Ostara? What are your views on this goddess and and how do you honor her and, and worship her at this time if you do? It is possible that she was worshipped by different tribes and lands, as Bede suggested. Some of the interesting things that I kind of noticed uh, for myself was that for the past several hundred years, a goddess of spring has made herself known to many in various lands and in different cultures, through different traditions. So a lot of us just have known, she has come to be known to us today as Ostara. And whether that was her name before, we cannot be certain. But we know her this way now. So maybe she's taken on that name. In discussing this with a friend of mine, my friend suggested that they believe that Ostara is actually an aspect of Freya. And as I was looking through some other comments on some things i noticed that that was mentioned as well and i was like that's quite interesting i want to explore that a little bit and see how does that connect if um, there really is a connection between ostara and freya and then or if it's an aspect of freya then that would be interesting to find out and to learn about so that's a little homework for me and uh, perhaps a little homework for you but i would be interested to know uh, what you think about Ostara, how you came to know that, or how you came to 
that, those conclusions. How do you honor her and how do you honor the occasion of spring? Is it through the Sigurblot or is it through worshiping or honoring Ostara or Yostre? And what is your what is your chosen name for her? Is it Ostara or Yostre? How has she uh, asked that she be called for you? That's another piece of homework for me. So I'm really interested to explore this a little bit more, especially at this time. One of the other things that I've kind of thought about was that the Gnosis of Millions over time has revealed an aspect of her to us now. So how she may have been worshipped before is kind of no longer relevant. What matters is how do we connect and relate to her now? Uh, what is she saying to followers? Uh, how does she reveal herself to, to them, to us now? Does she enjoy colored eggs, rabbits, chocolate, family feasts, fire feasts, things like that? Does she dress in pastels and warms the earth for sprouting plants and blooming flowers? Does she whisper glad tidings in your ears? These are all questions for each person to ask and await for her answer. And it will be her answer to each of us. And I hope that you will share some of that with us. So here's a poem that I wrote. Uh, it's Ostara by me, Jan Tiert. I wrote it in early March. Winter's darkness gives way to Sunna's lengthening journey. Warming days heat the earth, awakening the seeds within. Frey visits, and Thor blesses the fields as the sprouts emerge from their slumber. Ostara brings the turning time to welcome the change and gladden our hearts. She simmers with the colors of the flowers that reach for the shining sun. The shining sun. Honor her this tide with colorful eggs, beautiful songs, and bright remembrances. Hail to Ostara, goddess of the spring, renewing our hearts with love, hope, and joy. I want to thank you for listening, and I want to thank Conla Freya, son of Iconography, for that really cool artwork of Ostara. I shared my poem with Conla, and he immediately came back. He says, I have this piece of artwork that's been kind of sitting in the background here waiting for a, a way to come out and he added my poem to that piece of artwork and I'm really honored that he liked that so much and I want to thank him for the artwork and for uh, bringing a really cool interpretation of Ostara and all of the gods and goddesses that he creates artwork for and speaking of Kanla uh, he is going to be releasing his new book The Norse Witch and it looks like he might have it out by 23rd of March or so, or at least around the end of March. So uh, I'll be posting some things on the website about that and, uh, and on the Facebook page as soon as he makes the announcements and when they're ready for order. And it will be, I believe, on Amazon as well as from Iconography Press. Another announcement I'd like to make is that I am going to join the heathenry 50 challenge this is a challenge to write a blog post a week for 50 weeks so nearly a year and it's going to be about uh, 50 separate topics basically it's about heathenry or about my experience with heathenry what does heathenry mean to me i've been wanting to expand from podcasting to blogging this is a great opportunity and with 50 uh, subjects already picked it sounds like a great opportunity to just jump right in and start writing. Now, I'm going to try for one a week for 50 weeks. 
I know me, and I may not make it quite every week, but I'm definitely going to try hard. And I'm definitely going to put forth an effort to do some writing and to add a little bit more. So if, you ha if you're not following the WordPress blog, I hope that you will. I ask that you might consider it, and I look forward to sharing at least my experience with things and learning more from other people. It's not only about me, it's about how do we, uh, it's about sharing our gnosis with each other. How are the gods and goddesses working through each of us and speaking to each of us today as we create our, as we create our heathen practice, the, the heathen practice of the 21st century. The gods are alive and they're speaking to us now. And this will be a great way to share those experiences with others and I look forward to being on this journey and to sharing that with you all. And in the famous words of Johnny Dollar, join me, won't you? So take a look at the blog. It's at giftsoftheweird.com, and it will direct you to the WordPress blog site. We'll be posting things on Facebook, so please follow me on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter, at WeirdGifts. Facebook is at Gifts of the Weird. And I really look forward to continuing on this great journey with you all. Thank you so much.